second, 2018, you know, just before the show started, I saw Louise, my friend in England. She said she can't bear to listen to the show because there's too much shouting. Okay, this is a shouting show. If you don't like it, don't come. It doesn't hurt me. Before we get going, I want to thank the sponsors. They're Martin Snyder. The boss of PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of Recruiting Software. Nintran, the COO of Hire Tool. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the Super Duper Sourcing Tool. And Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honit. H-O-N-E-I-T, the Online Interview Technology. I also want to thank Adam W. Gordon. He's the boss of Candidate ID, the recruiting automation software. He did a fantastic interview with Joe Mullings, the guest today, and he also suggested very generously that I get Joe as a guest, and that's how I I brought Joe here. Joe, are you on the line? I am here. Okay, Joe is on Twitter. His uh, tweet is if you want to criticize him or praise him during the show, it's J-O-E-M-U-L-L-I-N-G-S. He's the boss at the Mullings Group. They're headhunters working in the field of medical technology, okay? Uh, Joe, are you listening yes, to me? Okay. Yes, Anna. According to you, cold calling is dead. So you think a recruiter has to be good on the phone, but it's never, you said this yourself, it's never the best first contact that you can have with anybody. Do you want to go on about that a bit, or do I have to read your own words back to you? Yeah, sure. So it's true. Come on, if you had a choice jumping right into it, of making an A call, a B call, or a C call. C is an ice-cold call. So an A call is somebody you spoke to in the past, knows you, reference, whatever it is. A B call is they're familiar with you, and oftentimes it's a call-in call. C call, ice-cold call, makes no sense. They don't know you. You've got to get in. You've got to do the schlockhouse pitch. No good. What I like to do is I like to use my social media, my digital strategy, to build up my stock, my value, people know I know what I'm talking about. And so when I call them and it is the very first time, they say, oh, Joe, I've been following you. Oh, I see what you put out. Oh, I agree with it. I disagree with it. But they know me. So I don't make C calls. And if you're making C calls today and you can index those up to a B and an A call, you're just going to make more money. Okay, i got to interrupt for a second, and I want Jerry to listen to this, because this guy's not kidding. He says, I never chase a job order. He's not talking just about cold-calling candidates. He's saying, I never chase a job order. We have not made an outbound marketing call from my firm in more than a decade. So what you're saying, all this advertising, or whatever you call it, on social media – Everybody comes to you, candidates, candidates, and clients. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying that on my desk. I still work a desk, 28 years in the business, so I still absolutely don't have a private office. I'm out in the middle of the bullpen working a desk. I personally have not made an outbound marketing call in 10 years, and probably the people who have been with me for more than mm, seven or eight years have not made an outbound marketing call. I misunderstood you, okay, Joe. You're saying but you've got such a clientele built up that you don't have to build up new business, okay? I no, I do. Saying- no, animal I do. Animal I do is the amount of new business we have coming in eclipses our existing business, right? So our goal, our metric every year is to have 40 to 48% of our business be new business that we've never worked with the previous year. So I get new business, and we're building on old business. So it's all call-in based upon word of mouth, referral, and even more so the body of work and the content we put out. Because on LinkedIn, we really show we know what we're talking about in that specific space. Okay, so here's what he's offering. He has these videos and articles about just regular career information. He tells people how to manage their careers. You correct me, Joe. I'm putting it out there. You tell people how to manage their careers, like what they should do, you know, when they go into an interview. I I saw one, uh, and you're saying, look, you know, Mr. Candidate, even though you don't use that term, uh, you have to know the title of the person who's going to interview you, the title of every person who you're going to speak to. Uh, I think they're ranking the company. I I don't know exactly, but you, 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 you give them a, you got a profile the person who's interviewing you, and so you go on about that for a while. That's the kind of career information you're saying. You're saying that gets a huge following. 
among the people in the industry, and then when the clients see that you've got all those followers, they flock to you. Is that the logic? Is that what's happening? That's the logic. Let's back that up a minute, though. So your sampling is is minimal, and that's cool because you only had enough time to prep. I would say 70% of the content I put out, Animal, is related to the industry that I'm in because what's happening is everybody's got their Diet Coke and their popcorn, and they're watching me or my people online talk about in our industry, surgical robotics, structural heart, peripheral vascular disease, predictive analytics, anything in that area. No, as a headhunter, it's my responsibility to know as much about the market as the people who are in it are actually more. And so when I start making statements and profound articles saying that one company is going to buy another and I'm willing to put that on the line and then I make a cogent argument about it, and then I've got, you know, 40, 50,000 uh, 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 views on that and, and, and 10,000 likes, and you can defend a position, that trumps what tie to wear or how to interview. All very important, but anybody can give you the silly handshake and sit at the desk and look around the room and find something in common. I think that's valuable, but it needs to be deeper than that. Okay, so hold on. I know you're a mechanical engineer. Am I right about that? Correct. Okay, so maybe you have more insight into technical things than the average headhunter. But really, if you're not working in that industry as a as a tech or, or a, even in the finance side, what what do you know about the industry itself that you can tell people who are in it that they don't know? Why would they 14 read? People, the, Fourteen people on my floor on my floor have no engineering degree and probably can't change a tire. Every single one of them can have a very robust, healthy discussion in any of those therapies, disease states, because they study. They take this dead heart attack serious. Average WT on my floor is 200 grand. I don't know what the average kitchen table recruiter is doing. And if you want to send me a resume because you're a good recruiter, feel free with that statement. But they invest as much time into this as possible. For the kitchen table recruiters among us, can you clarify the uh, disparaging uh, remark there? Sure. Sure. If, if you don't own the knowledge in the industry you're working in and you can't yeah. actually cover it almost as a Wall Street analyst, you're a kitchen table mm-hmm. recruiter. You're acting like one. Well, Go ahead. Jer. What's wrong with recruiting from the privacy of your own home, wherever that may be? I'm just wondering. It's the, it, it's the label I'm giving it. it it's, the, it's the label I'm okay. giving it between between pro right, versus okay. somebody who enjoys picking up the phone because it's a lifestyle. Our approach to this is not a lifestyle. Our approach to this is hitting it hard. We love what we do. We study the hell out of it. And what we're doing is really doing everything different than 99% of the recruiters out there. And and we believe we're changing the industry, really, and we'll set the standard over the next few years. You're going to see it all indexed this way. Uh, can I can I just throw in my kitchen table experience? Sure. Uh, I I spent a few years on a kitchen table and built uh, a very successful company. Uh, my first couple of years build over three million dollars in uh, sales. So I I just take the kitchen table recruiter remark rather personally. Sorry about that, but uh, I don't think you have to be a high rise. Is, is, is a non-committed. It's a non-committed position. It's a non-committed was, position. If you build you three million, hey, Jared, Jared, hold on. He didn't mean to be not a kitchen table recruiter. You just happened to operate like what the kitchen saying. table. What's no, that? Jerry, he's not talking about where you're working. He kitchen table recruiter for him is someone isn't isn't committed to knowing the industry. That's okay. I don't like the okay. I don't like working from your basement either. Okay. I don't like that terminology. I work from my basement and love yeah. this profession. Yeah, Many okay. people Somebody. do. I just don't think that you have to be in an office. And I Why don't does think Silence of the Lambs come to mind, Jerry, when you say that? Why <laughs> does Silence of the Lambs come to mind? You, you know what? Somebody puts the lotion in the bucket. It puts the yeah. lotion in the bucket. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> said, Jerry, a fan letter. Someone sent Jerry a fan letter, so he's thinking he's got to entertain people with nonsense, no. even if he's got nothing to no, say. No, it's not nonsense. I, I, I take offense to the uh, people that work from the kitchen table uh, remark. I just really do. I'm sorry. 
Okay. Let All right, me I'm, I'm going to replace that with non-professional recruiter. Jerry. How's that? My apologies, Jerry. Yeah. So I don't want to get wrapped around the axe Joe, Joe, look at yeah. me. Joe, look at me. Look at me, Joe. Stop talking to him. Okay. Let's say, though, someone like Jerry, who places programmers, whatever you want to call them, developers, in a wide range of industries, okay? How can how can he have the same kind of specific industry uh, know-how that, that you do. I mean, he, he's, he's servicing a bunch of industries because he focuses on a profession, not an industry. Fair enough, fair enough. So this is what we do. We believe in something called four pillars. The four pillars, whenever we put together a position, we start always with the client. We say to the client, I don't want a job spec. What I want is the problem you're trying to solve. What's the problem you're trying to solve? Why is the problem there? And then what do you believe are the skill sets required to solve that problem? That's number one. The second thing we get is what internally we look for four pillars. The four pillars are the market that your company's in, right? The product or service that you service in that market. The third is the leadership. And then the fourth, and I know you hate this word, but I'm going with it. It's the purpose or the mission of the organization, right? And, and just let's, let's, let's hold that for a second. It doesn't matter what industry he's in. If he can't spend the time and understanding and getting enough info around those four pillars to represent whether it's an embedded real-time system, CC++, whatever it is, then he shouldn't be in the business. Because the second Hold you start on, selling a spec, you're screwed. Different. Wait, 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 wait. And who's oh. ever typing? Who's ever typing into their phone? Fish. Shut up! Okay, shut up! <laughs> the guy, can't, I can't hear him because you're typing in the phone. Sorry, if it's you, Maureen, I'm That was me, I'm sorry. Okay. Who was it? Whoever. I don't know. It was Look. it was Kendra. You had me at lotion. Now I'm going to go unmute. Okay. okay. I like her to talk. I like her voice, but not her typewriter. Joe, Joe, you didn't yeah. explain. If Jerry wants yeah. to take you, le- you learned your trade, this new digital trade from Gary V. I heard you say that. If if someone like Jerry, but not him specifically, wants to mm-hmm. learn from you and wants to uh, become a magnet on LinkedIn for industry information, but they don't focus on one industry. They're just focusing on that profession. I said, what can they talk about to the industry? You're talking about taking a job order, an intake session. I don't get it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Well, you didn't ask the question clear enough. Now you've you've given it to me more clear. You answer it now. You go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Animal. (laughs) It's okay. Don't worry about it. I happen, I happen to focus on the med tech industry because that's an area I'm an expert in, right? So let's just start there. If you are an expert in a, let's just call it a discipline, but not an industry. Let's say it's, let's say it's uh, advertising. Let's say it's uh, 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 datacom, whatever it is, but it's software engineers in that area. You've got to really sit down and think and say, okay, what am I a rock star in in this area? What can I create content on on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis that's going to absolutely attract people, engage people, and add value to the market? And then if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I spend probably 30 to 35 hours a week minimum on content generation personally, and I've got a, what is it now, one, two, three, four, five, six, six-person team and growing, that all they do is digital strategy for our organization. So if you don't have anything good to say and it's not clever and it's not valuable, then you shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Okay. Well, you know what? You didn't give me an answer clearly, though. Like, I still don't know. Ask, ask the question again. Yeah. Animal? Kathy? Kathy, go ahead. Kathy. Super confused here. So are you saying that someone who is a recruiter in a specific industry needs to be an industry, um, has to have total industry knowledge of what they're recruiting for? Like if they're recruiting for mechanical engineers, they should know everything and know how to do the mechanical engineering job. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No way. No way, Jose. Okay. What they should understand is what is the business climate of the industry they're recruiting in. Because the, the job spec doesn't matter. You're never going to be as smart as the person on the phone. The second you start to go or attempt to go blow for blow technically in an area that our clients are paying us 25 to 35% on, either you're recruiting dumb people or you yourself are getting engaged in a situation that you're never, ever going to have credibility in. And so you, sh- you should be an 
expert in the market, the industry, the business climate, and you should be able to explain to the individual on the other end of the phone why they should consider this job today over the next 90 days and why it's probably still a good move two and a half to three years from now because that's what the market's going to become. I never, ever tell people to recruit on technical skills exclusively. It's up to my client to actually vet those out. It's up to me to make sure that the resume makes sense, the moves make sense, the tech makes sense, and their motivation, which is more important than a resume, makes sense. Okay, but what, you know, what, I, I, I like hearing what you said, but what Kathy, I thought, was addressing was, again, this issue. If you're recruiting mechanical engineers, what kind of content uh, are you going to create for them? And, and you know what? I'm not going to put you on the spot right now and think, you know, since you spend so much time creating no, content, it can't, it can't be that easy to come up on the spur of the moment with what you're <laughs> going to talk about, let's say, for mechanical engineers. Just give us some 10, 10 of the topics that you've discussed for your, your industry. Let's give, it, give us an example of, of what you do that attracts people, that you think, man, this, this article that I published or this video I published, this got me business. This got me candidates. I want to hear what's drawing hey. the people. Can I ask you a quick question first? Hey, Animal, it's Rich. Sure. Go Rosa. ahead. Hey, Rich. I'm just curious. I mean, because I've heard a lot of people that are doing this whole digital marketing scam, just not scam, but scheme to build up uh, the clientele. But what I never hear is, what are these guys actually billing? I mean, what are they, you know, that's making such a difference in your your sure. work, your sure. your opportunities? I mean, you get you can get sure. higher fees because they're calling in, but at the end of the year, what are we earning? Yeah. So um, eight million in, 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 in fees just in uh, the med tech industry, right? And continuing to climb uh, dramatically. And more importantly, um, w- speed to hire is is tremendously accelerated. Uh, and it's because when people stay engaged with you, my my retargeting of individuals. In other words, you know they're following me all the time. So just think think through the physics on this. I'm able to take a, I don't know how long everybody on this phone call has been involved in recruiting. I, I, I started in December 4th, 1989, and this has relevance to this conversation. Uh, we mailed resumes in. We waited for resumes to be mailed in. We learned how – I worked for management recruiters for two years. We learned how to set up appointments on the phone without even a resume, right? Today, anybody who entered recruiting in the last 10 years or more than that doesn't know how to do that. So what I can do with this, if you're building a firm – if you're building a firm, you can bring people in and get them to that two to $300,000 a year billing rate a lot quicker if you have a mechanism that allows you to, one, retarget people more quickly on searches because they know you're an expert and they follow you all day long. That's number one. Number two is when you put out content – right? You've got to absolutely become a student of what you're working in. And therefore, because you're doing all that studying in order to develop the content, you just become a better recruiter. And then it allows me to reach more people at scale on my telephone. On my telephone, I could make 40, 50 calls a day and maybe get 13 to 15 conversations. When I put out an article overnight, when I put out a comment on the industry, when I put out an opinion, I reach literally at a minimum 17, 25, 35, 40,000 people who can just say, "Eh, whatever, swipe how left, long, swipe right." How, okay, I got to I got to do an ad, but I'm going to ask Go. you. First of all, I want you to know you're not speaking to nobody. Jerry lives on a plot of land in Indiana as big as the Ponderosa and uh <laughs> and <laughs> and Rich, Rich Rosen is in the Pinnacle Club. Okay, they're somebodies. They know what they're talking about. And I'm going to come back to you in a second. I want to know if you're building. I asked you a question we didn't get to answer, but if addressing with what you just told Rich, if you're building a business, and you, you know how long is it going to take you to get forty thousand followers so everybody in the industry is 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 flocking to you? But first, I want to talk about and, and, and the cost tool. around that too. I'm curious. Okay. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Hire Tool is a super-duper sourcing tool, okay? You go to HireTool.com, and you don't have to know anything about Boolean searches or Boolean strings. You just put in normal language, your job requirements, and it creates a search string for you. And it searches a wide variety of websites, LinkedIn, Facebook, GitHub, you name it, they got 
that it delivers a list of candidates, ranking them from top to bottom. It guesses their salary range. It guesses which ones are going to be most likely to leave. And not only that, it gives you a lot of contact information, personal and work, emails, and phone numbers. It's famous for that. You can check it out by getting their free Chrome extension at HireTool.com, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, or go on Facebook to any of the recruiting groups, and you'll see that everybody is praising them freely all day long. HireTool.com. Okay. How long if you had a show? Can I add something? Yeah. This dude's on, I, I, I love everything uh, Joe was saying. He's on the money. He's at the, he's at the top of the game. I love it, and I, I appreciate him as a guest. This guy's great. Good for, good for you, Jerry. Thank, thank you. Okay, back to Joe. Joe, if you had to start, if you had to go and, you know, he, he got too many people kissing his ass. I've, I've listened to his other uh, interviews, okay? We don't, want, we don't want to do that here. haven't made a placement in 10 years. This guy okay. is a... Yeah, I'm sorry, I got it. I got you started. I'm loving it. Jerry's got verbal diarrhea today. Okay, look, <laughs> Joe. I'm sorry. Okay, Joe. If you had to start a new business tomorrow, and you're a knowledgeable recruiter, but you had to leave MedTech for who knows what reason and start something new, okay? You said that you can take your digital strategy to any kind of recruiting. How long would it take you to get up, uh, get up, and you know, do, to start making money? Yeah, what's my budget? You tell me. I don't know what would be required. I don't know. Right, right. I mean, okay, you, so doing all that marketing you're doing, all that content. I mean, what does that cost? I mean, you got six people doing digital. He's going to tell us now. Yeah. He's going to tell us now. Yeah, it all, it all backs in. So, so I want to I want to answer Animal's question, and I'll back into dollars and cents on that. Um, so. So if I went into left-handed smoke shifter business tomorrow in, 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 in headhunting and I wanted to build up, it would be the same strategy animal. What I would do, first of all, is I would my, – my recruiting content and my, and my let, let's call it non-tech content translates over to any industry. In other words, the things you should think about introspectively about a job. So all that content shifts over, no worries. Then what I would do is I would absolutely learn my market in and out, and I would start putting out articles. I would start reaching out to people that putting out content specifically in that market. This is the hardest thing to do. Just because somebody has a camera in their hand doesn't mean they're good with it. You know, you've heard the analogy is you put a camera in, 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 in your hand, animal, you're going to suck. You put it into my guy Walter Biscardi's hand, Right, he's a rock star. The ROI is different, so the ROI is going to be different. Okay. No, from no, an no, 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 no. I want to know. I want to know how would no. you learn? You know, you're, you're delivering me your standard speeches now. How would you learn about the industry? How long would it take? How would you do? It? How would you learn that much that you could create contact? How long uh, content? How long would it take? Uh, and, and you know, I want to know the nitty gritty. I want some yeah, dummy yeah. listening to this show to walk away and say, oh, "Okay, I know how to do it because I listened to Joe." Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let, let's start. Let's start on the big thing. So answering the question, um, if I was a standalone desk, this is what I would be doing tomorrow. I would absolutely not do anything with video at all. It's too expensive. Um, it takes too much expertise. And what I would do is I would write anywhere when, when we put out things called breadcrumbs, and those breadcrumbs fall within the 1,300 characters in LinkedIn. I put out breadcrumbs, try to do that at least once a day, twice a day. And it's a commentary on the market. It's a commentary on the specifics of a disease state. And, again, whether it's a left-handed smoke shifter or not, I would absolutely passionately learn the business, and I would learn the flashpoint. What's a left-handed smoke shifter? Oh, what's a left-handed? I don't know what you're saying. That is an expression. What does that mean? Uh, When I was in Boy Scouts back in Hicksville, New York, the, all the new Boy Scouts during summer camp used to get sent to the camp next door to find this, ask for a left-handed smoke shifter, and everybody knew they didn't exist, so it just meant you were a jerk yeah. off and you fell for the okay. joke. Yeah. Okay. So look. So now let's let's come back. Let's come back. Hold you know, on. Hold on. Whoa, 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 Animal. I got a question. Yeah. Quick question about what he just said. No, no. Joe I got to ask something. <sighs> Wait a sec, Alan. I'll give you the net floor in a second. Joe, before the show's over, I want to get yeah. some examples of the kind of content you're putting out now. So that'll at least give us a model then what other people Fair in enough. other industries should do. Come on, give us the topics. What are you talking about in your own industry? 
Um, so this morning I put out a 25-30 uh, a minute podcast uh, on a show we're going to in London, London Val. So I'm going to be over in London in about two weeks. It's a it's a structural heart show. Uh, they 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 treat structural heart something near and dear to my heart, no pun intended. And uh, we're, we we have a very deep podcast that talks about careers in that space, who the players are in that space, what you need to what you need to consider in that space, and what we do, animal is. We talk about, look, the moves in Structural Heart or the moves at Google or the moves at a race car company are all the same. Managing a career is all the same. You have to figure out what is in demand today, what's going to be in demand in two, three, four years. You know, not be tied to what you did in the past, depending on what's, ha- what's important for you. And then we, we shape our content around that. It's really not rocket science. It, 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 takes, it takes a bit of cleverness. It takes a bit of a production team. It takes a bit of balls to get out there and do it and have people laugh at you and wonder what's wrong with you for the first three, four months you do it. I mean, that's really what it is. Okay. It's not, and it's this, not, it's not hard. Okay, but these articles, balls. I was mistaken. Yeah. These articles are not bringing you 100% of your business. Somebody's going out and knocking on doors as well. Am I right about that? No, no, no. no. They are. Our content is bringing us in 100% of our business. It, it and 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 it's it's a it's an amount. So no, let me say this: the articles, um, the videos, the digital media, and the and and no matter what, unless you do unbelievable work, I don't care what you put out there, you're not going to get business. So we do maddening work. We're accurate and we're super fast because of the content. It's all an amalgamation of 12-hour days, sick content directed smart content, handling human beings as human beings, not as pieces of uh, uh, interviewing trash, and then making sure that you put the individual first and not the company first. We believe that companies are secondary to individuals, and this is not a sermon, because if you get the individuals to believe in you and trust you, those are the people who lean in, who who don't answer any other phone call. How do you get them to believe in you and trust you? How do you get because I put out I put out incredibly insightful information in my industry, so we're going to come back to that. I am out there every single day. I give inspirational, aspirational, informational, and I teach, I lead, I inspire, I do all those things. I get a ton of calls, and I'm not doing this to throw my party. They're like, dude, I wake up every morning, and I never used to look at LinkedIn, and I can't wait to see what you put out today. It helps me. It gets me fired up. It has me look at things differently. So you just got to put out that content, and then the people who never answer those recruiting calls, which, and I know you don't like this word either, the A players, these guys trust you over no, time. Uh, what? You got all the wrong words. I don't like reach out, which you list. used. Yeah, I don't care mission. I don't care A players. I don't care values. Those don't bother me. Reach out is an animal bad word. Enough said. Okay? I don't, you didn't read the page and right. At okay? the end of the day. I can't believe you fell for that animal. That was the easiest way for me to get under your skin. That was cool as hell. No, it's Thanks. not hard to get under my skin. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's got a question. Jerry, do you have that question coming back to you? Jerry, question? Yeah, Jerry, just, question? Just a question. Uh, Joe, can you clarify? Uh, I, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile and some of the other stuff, all very cool stuff. But you, right off the bat, you claim to be the number one recruiter in the medical device industry. Correct. Um, how, where, where do we know that, or what, what gives you that, that license to say that? I'm just wondering. Just wondering. Sure. Fair enough. Um, no, fair enough. Quali- how, how did you qualify for that title? Uh, and and yep. I'll underline with. I yep. did a search on Google for medical device recruiter and couldn't yep. find you anywhere. So so I don't care about SEO. SEO's BS. Take the top ten people that did appear on your Google search, and none of them even come within one-fifth of my annual billings in MedTech. So let's handle that. The second okay, part I'm just, is – I'm just wondering, how do you know that, though? I'm just asking. How, how do you know fair that? Fair enough. Fair enough. More than 5,000 placements in the med tech industry. Nobody can match that, or else they would have stepped up already and claimed that moniker for me. So just by absence of another claim, uh, okay, cool. Come take it. Take, take, take the trophy. Show me the data. <laughs> I, think, I think I will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll send you the invoices. I'll, se- I'll, I'll send you the invoices to prove it, too, and I'll look for yours. I'm going right. to do another ad. I'm going to do another ad for Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T. Honeit is phone interview technology. The candidate and the recruiter, here's how it works. 
They both dial into the interview just on their regular phones like they'd call anybody. They have the regular interview. Here's the thing. It's recorded, so you've got an audio recording. You don't have to worry if, oh, I don't type fast enough, I don't write fast enough, I didn't hear exactly what that guy said, because it is recorded for you. And not only that, it's immediately turned into a typed-out transcript, so you can read it. You can search for keywords. It's easy to pass the information on to anybody else on a hiring committee. And, you know, when any interview uh, is done, there's always some key questions that are the most important things. When you get to that question, you press a button, you have the discussion with the candidate, you press another button, that's separated as a special clip. You could pass it on to the hiring manager and say, hey, Mr. Hiring Manager or Ms. Hiring Manager, you can start here. These are the key questions. I've isolated them as special clips for you. Okay, is there anything else I have to say? You know, it gives you all kinds of stats as well. I don't know too much about that. Go check it out. Nick Livingston is a nice guy. He's the CEO at Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Okay, back to Joe. Joe, so you've got all this content. People are flocking to you like your honey, okay? Uh, do you do, have to do any sourcing for searches? Do you, when you get a search, do you have to go looking on LinkedIn for people? Absolutely, 100%, yeah. And again, going back to the A, B, and C call that we're all super familiar with. So when we have to go looking for people on LinkedIn, um, the second we reach out to them, what does a person usually do? They're usually like, ah, let me check out this person or this firm. And when they go to our firm and they see that we really do know because we put the content out there, we know what we're talking about, they're more likely to lean in and answer the, que- or answer the uh, request or the in-mail or the phone call. So absolutely, we, we, we do that. Remember, Animal, what the content does is does not close the deal. It's a catalyst to get the deal in motion when we reach out to the person. That's the key to remember. It's not a, it's not a magic, magic sort of uh, uh, trick. It's, it's, putting out, it's putting out content that people find valuable to them. If they don't, they wouldn't call us back. And all it does is it's a catalyst to get the deal in motion, and I don't have to make those C calls. And honestly, when we put out content and then I put out a posting and then I highlight the posting on my feed, I'm telling you, 70, 80% of the time, we don't have to make an outbound call okay, on my I desk. If you, I don't know. How many followers do you have on LinkedIn? You said 25,000 or something like that? No, no. I only, I, I, no I, I only have 17 and change. And – I'm glad you brought that up. Here's here's the difference. I got 17,000 fanatics, not followers. And there's a big difference, my friend. There's people out there who have 10, 20, 30,000. There are people who hold, whose entire identity in the recruiting world is to make videos to have fun, yet they're probably billing me, you know, 100, 200 grand, 300 grand a year. More power to them if that's their goal. My goal is to change the way the business is done, not make jokes on LinkedIn because I'm a recruiter. So I got 17 and change fanatics, and I'll take those all day long. Okay. Can you nail okay. down specifically what you want to change about the industry? Yeah, you've mentioned well, that he, a couple times. He's told us already. He doesn't – no cold no, calls. No, he hasn't. You just, you, it becomes inbound. If you attract people to just, call okay, you, so you have more So I'll answer that. Let, let me jump on that animal. Let, yeah, animal, let, let me jump on that. Yeah, here, here's here here's here's how I want to change it, honestly. Okay, and and ready and okay, got it. Write this down now, right? Yeah, I'm writing it down. Every cl- every yeah, got it. Crayon, where you are. Um, right. We are having a hard time <laughs> finding. I've got here on my table is a couple forks and an old salad bowl. Give me a minute. And that juice <laughs> thing that my grandfather had that he used to eat shrimp cocktail out of, and your your grandmother uh, used to wash it out and use it for juice. Got it. So everybody's saying we're having a hard time finding talent. I think you got it backwards. I think the industry, meaning our clients, have to have talent finding them. And you do that by content, clever content that talks about what's good about this place, what sucks about this place, who does well here, who doesn't do well, and then the right people will lean in on that. That's an entire shift on the industry. The industry's always been how do we find people. I think if you look at it the other way, if you put out very, very compelling content about who your company is and what you do and what you make, they will find you. And, and it's been happening for years. Everybody wants to work at Apple because we know what Apple does. Everybody wants to work at Google. We know what Google does, right? However, Bob's computer company 
or Fred's laptop, nobody knows what the hell they do. So, of course, you have to go looking for them. Content drives awareness. Content that resonates with people has the right people leaning in going, shit, I'm going to check that out. Otherwise, I wouldn't have because I didn't even know they existed. That's the way we're changing. Is that any different than the traditional idea of blogging that's been around for 10 years or so? I Absolutely. The only thing they have in common is somebody's typing and putting something out of the Internet. Blogging with intention versus blogging of sharing your thoughts is different, right? Blogging to me is cool, but it's a small piece of content in a body of content, depending on what you want to get people to do or inform, persuade, facilitate. Blogging is is not any different than a video, a short video, a long video, a snapshot, a breadcrumb. It's it's all part of it, animal. It's 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 part of the body of work. I got a okay, question. Go ahead. Here, Joe, go ahead. love yeah. love your attitude, love love your drive. Here's my question. You're talking about all these channels, you're talking about doing all this content work. Where are you doing it? Because candidly, I'm going to challenge you here. I'm I've looked at your feeds. Where are you doing it? Cuz I don't see all this content this LinkedIn. recent LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn, okay. LinkedIn exclusively. So, so I'm all in on LinkedIn, right? So, you know, I, I, I've I've spent time with VaynerMedia with, with Gary, genius, absolute genius, right? Um, like him or not, genius. And so, you know, Gary says, you know, you don't like him. You don't like him, I do. do you? You said you passed you passed over him a dozen times till finally you listened to what he was saying, and you don't like his style, but you like his ideas. Is that right? Uh, yeah. He indexes towards 18 to 30-year-olds. I index towards 32 to 60-year-olds. It's a different uh-huh. approach, which is why I'm not on Snapchat, why I'm not on uh, Instagram, why I'm not on uh, uh, Twitter as aggressively as I am on LinkedIn. Look, here's a difference. LinkedIn actually requires intelligence to gather followers on. You can't do a, a backpack dance, and you can't – uh, do you know flash uh, your boobs? You can't do any of that stuff and get followers, right? You've got to put out meaningful, intelligent content on a daily basis, and and that is the only way you build a consensus on that. Which is, I love it because most people are lazy, or intellectually won't put in the effort to build up that body of work. So absolutely, you will find me. My my marketing team is trying to get me to spend more time on branding on those other platforms. There's barely anything there, but I'm in the game because I want to at least learn. But LinkedIn, man, I, I, I would challenge anybody to find the body of work we put out there. I enjoy it. I love sharing it. And I think it is where talent acquisition is going. Is it all content that you've generated yourself or do you ever – Every uh, single you know, piece. Every single piece. Every single article, every word, any picture you see on my articles, I took myself, uh-huh. everything written, I do not have a ghostwriter. I don't have anybody writing anything for me. Michael G. Cox, you've been quiet. Anything yeah. you want to say? Earlier, we were just talking about semantics, uh, or, or he's talking about changing the industry. I think he's just referring to his business model that leverages LinkedIn and video and YouTube and his podcast, but it's not really an industry changer per se. It's, it's, that's not what he's doing. Uh, he's changing yeah, it for he, himself. He, yeah, but no, it's I'm not something that's problem. being adopted by an injury, by an industry. Not yet. Not, not no, yet. it's not going and, to be. And not, not everybody's going to do this. No, not everybody's going to do it because it requires an, intel, an, an incredible amount of money. Yeah. It, re, it requires yeah. insight, right? Why does it require money? It doesn't cost any money to write articles. It takes time. <clears throat> no, video certainly takes a lot of money. So how much, money takes money, whole, take. how much money are we okay, spending Rich. on this whole marketing outreach? My team annually, I would say between salaries, expenses, gear, travel, when I bring my camera teams with me and they go everywhere with me, I would say we spend in excess this year of $600,000. And, it, wow. and this, so the six guys you have in your team, that's all for marketing? Are these other guys doing recruiting? or they're nope. just nope. You're they're the only time They're, they're, full, they're full-time uh, media people. So you're one yeah, guy yeah. doing $8 million, and the rest of the team is all marketing, essentially? No, 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 no. My firm no. does $8 million. My firm does $8 million. And how big is the firm? On the floor, we've probably got 10, 11 recruiters. Does this okay. uh, group of uh, social media people, the five or six that are doing that, do they support all 10 or 11 recruiters, or do they all have their own? Right now, uh, 
80 to 85 percent of the digital media team is dedicated to me. Um, we are starting to develop other brands within my organization, meaning people and their brand. You'll see Giovanni Loricella being developed. You'll see Holly Scott being developed. So but we've so learned a lot with me. Approach? I mean, are you- are, are you gonna? Are they each gonna have a team of five or six digital people? No, 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 no. You'll, you'll be able. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to. You know, we've got. I've got a lead VP of uh, of marketing. I got a lead VP of branding. I've got a director of photography. I've got uh, uh, two editors, uh, and I've got two social people. Uh, and we're continuing to build a team. Those uh, are full timers for you, or with an agency that you're working with? Are they no, full time? No, we with have you? an agency. We have an agency in house. My my. These are my salaried employees inside my organization, and it's funny because we call it the agency. And we're going to release uh, in the 1st of September, and Animal, I'll even do it on your show, we are releasing something that is making – gonna, it's going to be a challenge out in the marketplace um, that's going to wrap up uh, uh, three super sensitive subjects right now in the employment world. Um, that we're also bringing on board, and I'm super excited to make this announcement. So if you want, we could do it with you. Whatever you like, but I have to apologize to Rich and Jerry because I thought, you know, they, their questions were irrelevant, but they were very relevant. I didn't, I didn't understand. <laughs> you got six people, you got six people in house working on these yeah. videos. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, but I got to do my final ad. PC recruiter, everybody. Have you ever heard the saying? Not content is king. This guy, Joe Mulling, says content is king. But lots of people say context is king. And I'm here to prove that it isn't, just like I did last week, if you remember, okay? Because there's people who say there's different kinds of recruiters. There's corporate recruiters. There's staffers who do temp work. There's headhunters. And they all need different kinds of uh, application tracking systems and recruiting software. But my clients... PC recruiter, they say that's not true. You use their software, and it's good for any kind of recruiting across the board. And uh, you know why? Because it's configurable. It's configurable. It's adaptable. They don't impose their own idea of what uh, a recruiting software should be on you. They let you configure it to suit your own needs. And if you're not good at configuring it yourself, just call their team. They will help you. And you know why? Because they love you. If If you're a recruiter, they love you. I'm all over today. Anyway... Final thing, it doesn't matter if you're a small firm uh, in your basement, a kitchen table recruiter, as Joe says, or if you're (laughs) – or or you could be a part of a big recruiting team in-house at a big corporation – doesn't matter if you're a recruiter they love you and they want to help you so go check them out please at pcrecruiter.net final issue i think joe's going to come back and i i actually should save it for another time uh, and i tell me if you want to hear about it but joe's got this approach with his actual recruiters not his his media team uh it's sort of a blitzkrieg approach to job orders. So if a job order comes in, he puts like what three or four people on it to start off with, and they do all the all the work intensely, and then just leave somebody to do the sort of admin uh, follow up. Uh, is that right, Joe? You want to tell us about that? Yeah, that's correct. And, and by a big shout out to Marty Snyder, by the way, PC Recruiter. We've been using him forever. Uh, great tool. Hey, um, really. <clears throat> Yeah, Mar- I, I go back way back in the day with Marty and his team. So, um, yeah, I, I love their tool. Great tool. Uh, yeah, our approach is speed to hire, right? So speed accuracy uh, in our organization, what we try and avoid is, is, is working one of those searches for three weeks, four weeks at a time, banging your head against the wall, uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. So what we do is client comes in. Um, what we want to do is time kills all deals, in our opinion, and nobody wants to work on the same search for three weeks at a time, is we will throw a research person, we'll throw two killer recruiters. There's no candidate ownership in our firm at all. And what we do is create speed to shortlist. And we try and get within, usually it's three days, four days, the initial two or three candidates to test the JO out to the client. Once we have that thing locked in, 
Um, you may slide off and only have two recruiters working off it. And if we have to re-engage, we'll bring it back on. But I would rather have a recruiter working on eight or nine searches at a time at, at different levels of the search so he or she is getting fed all the time and you're keeping those uh, feast or famine uh, situations that run on desks uh, all too often in organizations uh, at bay, and it builds incredible teamwork and camaraderie. So, yeah, we're, I'm uh, a, get, there's no other way to search for them. So how do they get paid if there's three people working on the same search? Who owns the job? Um, uh, like, yep. Who owns the Good job? Question. And how, do they, if, how do they get paid? Yep. Yep, yep. So argument, uh, uh, example, we, we placed the VP of marketing this morning, right? It, it was 250 base, so I think the fee was 62.5. Uh, I worked on it. Two other people worked on it. So uh, because I'm the owner, I could do something slightly different. But what we'll do is we'll do a 40-30-30 on it. Uh, if I wasn't the owner, right? As the owner, I can I can do something a little more liberal. So you do a 40, 30, 30 on it, and that's what the cash-in credit that the team gets to it, the individuals. And keep in mind, they've probably got three, four, five others in the basket that are going to either close or, you know, shit the bed over the next week, week and a half. So they're getting a very steady income stream and feeling engaged on everything that's going on in the office. So it's usually a third, a third, and a third, but the person closing the deal will typically index up to 40% because they're putting in a lot more time than just the sourcing. But who owns the job? I don't understand. What's the best way for me to, to let my wife know that I'm hiring a personal photographer to just follow me around? She's going to think it's weird for He's gonna think it's weird, but I, I, I'm in this for the dude, long haul. Dude, here, here's the deal. The first time I started doing this three years ago, my wife's friends to her and said, "Is Joe dying or something? Because he's putting out all these pictures and he meme." And she said, "No, no, it's just something new he's trying. Don't worry, it'll go away." Yeah, it never did. <laughs> who owns the job? Get over uh, the person who, who booked it. So typically we've got uh, one, two, three, four. We've got five rainmakers in the office, meaning that's what they do, biz dev. So when the call-in J.O. comes in, I may get the call-in J.O. from a client. I may give it to Maria Peters. Maria Peters will run the J.O. Um, I'll get a little kick on it in the end. I'll close the deal. But what Maria will do with her team – with usually her and at least one other person, they'll do all the sourcing. They'll kick the short list to me. I'll talk to the individuals. Once I get the individuals, put them in play, she goes off and does something else. So I will, whoever closes the deal typically gets the lion's share on the 40%. Does anybody else have any questions on the things that we've been talking about so far? One thing, one okay, thing, you go ahead. animal. Shoot. Here's the gig is I'm on this new kick is don't call me a recruiter. Don't call me a headhunter, right? Because what that does is really limits the possibility what I think talent acquisition can be. And that's what we're doing. And right now, if you say, oh, I'm a headhunter. Oh, I'm a recruiter. Man, that's a very myopic rearview mirror move on things. I think if you look at this business as talent acquisition and really how do you attract talent in general with the world that we're living in today, that changes your perspective on everything and also creates a much longer horizon on your planning. So this was a big thing we did a couple years ago, and I could never imagine being in this business today not doing it this way. And anybody who stepped over to the other side, and I pulled a couple people with me in this business who are now doing it based on what I shared with them, their businesses have changed you know dramatically. What? You're being too, you're way in the abstract. I, I just, you know, I, you, I, I let you ramble on a little. No one knows what you're talking about here. I know that you think you have to be a consultant it, like uh I know what, what he's talking about. That all made sense to me. Just because it say? went over your head doesn't mean it, it went, went over, over my, my head. No, I'm no. not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you. Okay, I think he's saying that you have to be like an Ernst & Young consultant, okay? Yes, and yes, I know. yes. Yes. Okay. But, yes. But what is that? What is that content? We didn't even get into your your monthly retainer fees, which is out of this world. That's next time. Okay. But what does that mean then to be yeah. a consultant? Uh, you got like two minutes. What does it mean? All right. Real quick. Real quick. So we have clients right now. They they hire us for five to seven thousand dollars a month to deploy their LinkedIn content. I'm always on in the background. Then what they do is when they have a search, they come to me and they're like, Joe. I want to hire you for this search. I'm like, cool. You're not going to pay me my 25, 30%. You're going to pay me a different fee because you've committed to spending $500,000 with me over the, over the year from one client, right? So we are on all the time. When they are looking at hiring techs that would not go to search, 
I'm giving them consulting on what they want to think about because they don't know companies are horrible at attracting talent. They're terrible. They think because they hire, they, they buy a software platform that's an applicant tracking system, it's solving a problem. It's not. So I absolutely am, am moving to an E&Y model, and I think you can run TA to tens, even hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And we're going to do – I'm telling you we're going to do that, man. I'm telling you we're going to do that. I'm totally okay. committed to okay. it. Okay, That's like Corn Ferry moved into consulting. Uh, uh, they're uh, not – they are not – yeah, they're in consulting. They're not in TA. Big difference. They got out of it because it's a bunch of 60-year-old white guys who are trying to leverage What's their wrong old with book. white guys, okay? All of a sudden, I'm a white Dude, guy, and I don't like being criticized for it. 60-year-old white guys who don't want to make recruiting calls, who have no idea what TA's about. They hit a good old boys list, and they're getting eaten alive because nobody wants to pay 30 to 35% postage fees for average performance and getting a search that took four months when I can do it in two weeks for half the price. Half the price? Okay. You're charging people $80,000 a month, your clients. We didn't even get into that. We don't have the time. Joe Mullen. Great, uh, yeah. Finally, somebody that makes placements. Finally, a guy that's actually making placements. Okay. I'm so glad he didn't ask about the school. Michael G. Cox, Kathy, Jerry, and Joe Mullen. you do with an extra $300? Throw a pizza party? Visit the dollar store 300 times? Get started by opening a TD Unlimited checking account and you could get an extra $300 to get more of what you love. Visit TD.com slash 300. TD, ready for you. Conditions apply. Offer ends September 13th, 2018.